Welcome to Monuments and Movements. On today's episode, we discuss types of government, capitalism versus socialism, democracies and republics, and everything in between. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Monuments and Movements podcast. My name is Justin. I'm here with my man, Kenny. Good morning. How you doing? Good. It's a nice, cold, early morning. Yeah. Starting to get winter feels. Feel like yeah, feel like we just went from summer skipped fall and here we are, it's cold. Yeah. But this is California and at the end of the day, our weather could be a bit unpredictable, but we still got the best weather on the planet. Even if our governor says we can't enjoy it. <laughs> cool. Well, uh we thought today we'd talk a little bit, you know, obviously there's the elections coming up. We've talked about that in a lot of our previous episodes and Really, our goal is we just try to talk about culture. Mm. thing is, politics are the biggest thing in culture right now, which is why we've talked a lot about it. But what we thought we'd talk about today is we talk a little more kind of ideas about government, government structures and economic structures. I know there's a lot on the ballot right now in terms of socialism versus capitalism, you know, different economic ideas, different ideas of how government should be structured. You know, we're talking about the Supreme Courts right now, and, you know, that's on the ballot if courts can get packed, what things are going to change. And we just thought it'd be cool helping those of you listening just understand a little more about how our government's set up, how our economy's set up, and just help you understand the systems a little differently. We're not going to talk so much about candidates today. Um, we'll let you make that decision for yourself, maybe, if if we want to let you. You mean the people <laughs> the people aren't sick of hearing about... <laughs> No. Yeah, no, we just want to just talk about, you know, how stuff's set up. We want to kind of have more of a educational discussion this week if we can. Mm. So, just so there's no shade thrown at any candidates, any political parties, so we don't get any death threats. So, anyways, let's jump in. All right. All right, so let's, uh, let's talk about our government first and foremost. You hear this phrase used a lot in politics and in the government. You hear people saying, we must protect our democracy. Mm-hmm. So the thing about the United States, if you don't know, is the United States is actually a republic. It's not a democracy. And uh, Kenny, what do, what do you think that, what, what's the difference between that? What does that mean? Um, I think mainly the, the the main difference between a republic and a democracy is I think when people think democracy they think um, they think a lot more I guess rights or like specifically um, maybe the first word that comes to mind is like voting yeah um, I think in a democracy the people the people have a lot more th- um, like we were talking about earlier before we started that the majority rules right mm-hmm. um you know, kind of like old-fashioned when you're in grade school and teacher, okay, what are we going to do for, for PE today? Let's take a vote. And when the, uh, you know, 15 over 14 win, that's how it goes. Um, Republic is more, I guess I'll say, um, insti- not, not, no, I don't want to use that, but um, Republic is more, I guess, like like, that's why we have the 50 states because that's what makes up each state has different rules. Each state has different um, 
guidelines and, and in each state the individual has different rights depending on what we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, the, the the state or the the republic, that's why like the California Republic, that's our flag, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are, you know, the, the state is kind of designed in a way that, that protects its citizens, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Is that kind of a fair? Yeah, no, I, I think so. Yeah, like, um, so I think I think what you said, democracy is majority rule. Mm-hmm. So I think typically when you think of a government giving power to the people, I think the word that you typically throw at it is democratic, mm-hmm. which is, is kind of true. You know, as an adjective, I guess it's, it's a pretty pretty broad statement, but basically that the people have power right. over the government. But when you look at government forms, you have a democracy, which is literally majority rule. So if there's a 51% or more vote on an issue, it happens. Mm-hmm. A republic is uh, structured a little differently, where you still get everyone votes, everyone participates in the process of making decisions. But it isn't set up in such a way where there's majority rule. Mm-hmm. If If I had to sum it up, I'd say that democracy is more... You know, the majority makes the decisions. A republic is the majority has a strong influence on decisions. Mm-hmm. But the rights of the little guys are protected as well. So um, it's like you said, states, right? What makes us a republic is that we have states, right? Each state has a different amount of representation, uh, specifically in Congress, right? You got two representatives. You got the Senate. Mm-hmm. Each state has two representatives, right? So that's a little more democratic if you will you have 50 states each state has two representatives then you also have the house uh sorry you have the house of representatives Mm -hmm. sorry that one's a little more democratic that's based on population right right so states with bigger populations have have more more representation right the senate you could have a state with the state with the smallest representation or sorry the state with the smallest population has the same amount of representation as a state with the biggest population. Mm-hmm. Same amount of senators. Right. So, you know, there's different kind of systems in place to make sure that while the majority does get involved in the decision-making, it's not necessarily the final outcome. So, for example, you know, the elections are obviously a huge example of that because right. I think Hillary Clinton won the popular vote last election and I believe before that, um, Al Gore won the popular vote over George Bush. These are people who won the popular vote but lost. Correct. Won the popular vote but lost the electoral vote. Mm-hmm. Because the electoral system is set up as a Republican-type yeah. system. And so, you know, we are a republic. And I think it's important that people understand that because, you know, if if, if you disagree with the republic, okay, you know, that's your philosophy, I get it, but I think if you don't understand how things work, mm-hmm. probably not going to be as influential as you'd like and probably right. not going to make as educated of decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, for me, I typically favor a republic. Right. When you read historically, uh, democracies, it, it sounds like a good idea, but when you read a history book, it always ends in one of two ways. Pure democracy usually either ends in mob rule, mm-hmm. right? Eventually, the majority they just get so much power. And the problem is, even though you have a fifty-one percent vote 
the majority, a lot of times, still makes bad decisions mm -hmm. and bad ideas. Right. And so a republic is set up where, you know, decisions are made a little less quickly. It takes a, it takes a lot more thought, a lot more consideration on all parties right. before something can pass, before something can be made. But democracies either end in mob rule, historically, or they end in tyranny, mm -hmm. one person rising up and taking over power. I mean, think about... I mean, we're not going to go too far in history, you know, but like the French Revolution, how crazy mob rule just took over and they were beheading everyone. Mm. They call it the reign of terror mm. just because the mob took over. And um, so a republic was actually designed in response to that. So, mm. you know, our founding fathers, they saw what happened. They wanted freedom, right? Democracy mm. represents freedom, but they understood that and they saw that over time, mob rule or tyranny was usually the result of a a pure democracy. So they wanted to set up something in place to protect it, which was a republic. And a republic, I say, would protect the rights of the individual. So what, what does it mean for you, like, on a day-to-day -day level? In a democracy, if the majority says, votes, hey, we want your land, right? In a democracy, the majority can vote and they can take your land. Right. So my house right now that we're in. Say that today, country takes a vote, and they say, no, we, we want Justin's house. It should go to the government. In a pure democracy, if the majority vote on that, they could take my house. Mm -hmm. In a republic, if the majority votes on it, they cannot take my house because mm -hmm. a republic is set up to protect individual liberty mm -hmm. against the mob. Right. So it's a bunch of nuances. It's pretty interesting. But So I guess going back to what you were talking about um – the electoral college versus uh, versus popular vote. They're they're kind of made you know again another check check and balance, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and and I think the the importance behind that what what a lot of people might not realize when it comes to like the importance of having an electoral college, um, versus just having um, a popular vote. If you think about it this way, um, you know what what when you break it down like state by state just just basic kind of like like rights and and uh, laws and certain things there might be certain state laws in California regarding I don't know farming potatoes right mm -hmm. that might differently apply to if if those same laws existed in Idaho right they would be very different. You know, the, the people who, uh, potato farmers in Idaho wouldn't be able to necessarily live by the same laws that California uses to govern their potato farming. Mm -hmm. If I know that's a, that's a random. No, that's true. Like, for example, California, we're known for having very intense uh, regulations of like pollution control and right. safety regulations for the environment. Which, to a degree, makes sense because of how much industry we have or right. used to have. <laughs> that, that you know, that could be another episode <laughs> as well. But you know, in in areas with heavy industries like that and a lot of factories, mm -hmm. a lot of those regulations make a little more sense. Right. But if you're going to apply those strict regulations on a farmer out in the middle of Idaho, mm -hmm. You know, all those extra expenses and regulations, number one, the economy there probably isn't as big. Right. So they probably don't have as big of an income, so that can kill them. That can kill how they run their farm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically, it, it allows diversity. Sure. So that every single city and every single state doesn't look the same. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Wow. Um, interesting. So going into uh, uh, that a little bit more. Um, so so maybe explain a little bit why. I guess give a little history lesson. Why, when people talk about the United States as this great experiment, is how the United States started off. You know, breaking mm-hmm. off from tyranny, um, and starting this great experiment of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe if if you can uh, school us a little bit on that. I'll, I mean, I'll give you my opinion. Yeah. So, you know, a republic like ours has never been done before, which mm-hmm. is why it's called an experiment. There, There is no rule book. There's no Bible for right. how to set up a very specific government for our very specific needs. Though the Bible actually is very clear a lot about government structures. Right. And the Bible actually, like, when when God established government in Israel, he set up a constitutional republic. Mm-hmm. And when they stepped away from that, when they asked for different forms of government, uh, things started to go downhill for them. <laughs> Anyways, you know, we can, we can get into that a bit later. <laughs> but, yeah, America really is an experiment because the Founding Fathers, when they came, you know, they saw, they they escaped a democracy, mm-hmm. right, which turned into a monarchy, which turned into, basically, in their opinion, tyranny. Mm-hmm. So they came here to be free of tyranny, but they understood, wait, the place we came from started out as a democracy right. turned into a tyranny. How do we prevent that from being here? How do we establish a system that's going to keep us our freedom, give us our, our liberty and our individual rights? Mm-hmm. But how do we protect it against tyranny? Or what they'd also seen, but not necessarily in their country, was mob rule. And so they they designed basically the federal system, which is the state <coughs> system. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess is the system that you have overarching government, but it's run through the states. Right. So a very prime example, I mean, we'll, we'll take nowadays, is, is the coronavirus, right? How different states have handled coronavirus. Mm-hmm. In a democracy, pure democracy, you'd get a majority vote, and those regulations would go everywhere, right? So if the majority of America, or the majority of the population, mm-hmm. voted to shut everything down, everything would shut down. But the way you have it now is certain states are shutting down based off of their needs, and you have other states that are opening up based on their needs. Certain mm-hmm. states require masks. Other states don't. But you have this freedom for each state to do its own thing. And so the overarching government, who would be considered the tyrant back mm-hmm. in the day, they can't come and impose their will, um, which is cool because it gives you as a citizen. Right. It's like, fine, well, I don't like this state. Well, fine, I can go to another state that I like. Sure. It, it preserves the minority. It pre- preserves diversity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what they mean when it's an experiment is we kind of designed it. Our forefathers designed it, and they were kind of building it as they went. You know, at, at my, my job, we kind of say sometimes we feel like we're designing the truck while we're driving it, <laughs> no, while it's rolling. Yeah. And that's what's meant by the American experiment. Hmm. And so, yeah, that's how they built the system. Really, this the Congress and the executive branch were really kind of the start of it. So the executive branch as the president would represent, like, the government. Mm-hmm. But the Congress would represent, like, it was more of a representation yeah. of the minority of the people yeah. and the way that they interact. Wow. Protects. Which is really interesting because... I feel like um, 
not just with President Trump, but even going back to President Obama and President Bush, um, I feel like that has been something that's always escaped people. The difference between um, th- this difference between like states state responsibility versus federal responsibility, mm-hmm. and I think we're seeing a lot of it um, play out today. Even with you know coronavirus, but like riots and stuff like that, you yeah. hear um, different states deploying the national guard mm-hmm. like sooner than others, and that's that's a state, like that's a that's a that's a governor call, right? Right. That the governor has to make that call. Yeah, which is a very important distinction. Mm-hmm. So with the riots and everything, but for example, police reform. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of talk about police reform, and you know, either. Re- restructure the police, defund the police. I don't want to get into all those, right? That discussion, but what a lot of people don't understand is because we are a republic. You know, when they look at who to vote for president, they think that the president is the one who determines that, right? Well, right. you know, if you know, so you look at Trump and Biden, and you think, okay, well, what are their police policies? Sure. But the thing that people don't—I don't want to say people don't understand—but a lot of people don't understand is that. Policing is is done at a local level. Yeah. So your local officials have a much stronger say. Which is to our benefit. Which is to our benefit, right? Because we're a republic. Right. Right. So, for example, whether you vote Trump or Biden, neither of them has the power to defund the police. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll, we'll take the, the crowd that wants to vote for that. And if you want to vote for that and you want to see it happen, you have to understand it's not the president that makes that happen. Mm-hmm. It's your local officials. Mm-hmm. And so... That's a very clear example of why sure. it's important to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even things like I'm sure uh, uh, school reform and and things like that come down to a a a, a state a republic. Yeah, a lot of school reform is state run. A lot of it's federal too. State school schooling. I think you got a bit more of a collaboration there. Mm-hmm. I think there's. I don't. Know, I'll have to research this, but. Uh, school choice, mm-hmm. I think, is something that is run a lot. I think there's a massive collaboration between the federal yeah. and the state level sure. on that. I think that's a huge issue right now is because school quality, mm-hmm. especially in lower-income neighborhoods and a lot of poverty right. neighborhoods, the school quality is bad, mm-hmm. they say. But the problem is that if you go to a public school, you don't have a choice. It's where you live. They They decide what school you have to go to. Right. And so one of the things that they discuss is school choice, so giving you a voucher to choose whatever school you want to go to, mm-hmm. regardless of where you live. There, there's obviously it's obviously a very complex right. thing, but that's something where local government as well as federal mm-hmm. is heavily involved. Sure, you got the Department of Education. So, got it. Yeah. Wow. So maybe I guess diving a little bit deeper into some a couple more uh, political buzzwords that people are probably hearing. Let's do it. Um, nowadays. Excuse me. Um, how about how about the dis- the distinction between capitalism and socialism? Ooh. And and maybe we can. And democratic socialism. Yeah. What is <laughs> what? So, I'll give you I'll give you my uh, Neanderthal like basic definition of these. <laughs> um, so so from what I've learned and what I've especially what I've you know kind of currently learned in looking at the current state of of the world and who's saying what um capitalism is more like i feel like with capitalism you hear a lot of words like like 
like big market or, or free market or, or things like that. And, and the idea behind capitalism is kind of like this, this philosophy that promotes, um, you know, I- individual businesses mm-hmm. and, and, and it, it, it promotes a, a competition between businesses and, and competition promotes innovation and so on and so forth. And as big as your, your company can grow, as big as you want it to grow, uh, more or less. But socialism has more to do with, um, with, with, with government regulations of those, those, those businesses. So there, there's, in a way, there's almost like a cap of how big your, your company or how big your, your, your reach can get. Yeah. Um, is that more or less? Yeah, no, kinda, that, that's pretty spot on. Basically, capitalism is letting individual businesses do their own thing. Socialism is the government regulating the government, basically. Do, does mm-hmm. the does the economy need a parent? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you just let the kids do whatever they want, capitalism? Mm-hmm. Or do you need a parent to step in and regulate right. socialism? No parents. <laughs> um, I think, uh, interesting. So, so in today's in today's uh, kind of realm of voting and and all the you know like we said political buzzwords, mm-hmm. um, what what more I guess kind of what are some some maybe some countries or some examples we can we can point out um, of maybe these two ideas I don't know I'm kind of just treating you like Google <laughs> right now I'm I'm pretending to be Google right now. Um, <laughs> Well, I guess I'll start with capitalism, the U.S. So, right, cap- capitalism is the idea of mm-hmm. pure capitalism. Pure free market is like no government regulation. You know, everyone can kind of do what they want. And the idea behind that is that when you let business owners and you let the economy do its thing without regulating it, you're going to get, you're going to generate the most wealth. You're going to generate the most innovation. Uh, you know, it creates the best situation for everyone, which I tend to personally agree with that perspective. Um, I, I forget who said it, but, I mean, think about in the United States, even if you're homeless in the United States, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're probably still living better than 50% of the world. You know, they say that, I mean, look at how many people on the streets are transients or homeless people have an iPhone. Right. right. You don't see that in other countries or you don't see that in socialist countries. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a wealth perspective and right. just everyone's uh, standard of living. Typically in a capitalistic society, the standard of living is higher for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, though, is that produces a what's commonly called the wealth gap. Mm-hmm. So there are certain people who end up making a lot of money. The, right. the innovators, the risk takers, you know, and versus the people. Typically, the more risk you take, mm-hmm. the more rewards available, and the less risk you take. Like, say, like I don't want to start a business. I don't. I just want to work for a company. I want to just kind of do something. You're probably not going to make as much money as you know the guys who are throwing it all out there. Yeah. But the idea behind capitalism is it gives you the freedom to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and whereas where socialism kind of evens the playing field. You could say yeah. it, the idea yeah. that's presented. Yeah, so socialism is the government coming in and making sure that everyone, quote, plays fair. Mm-hmm. But see, when you hear the, thing, the word fair, mm-hmm. especially in 
uh, politics, like, you know, a fair share, mm-hmm. right, or fair this, fair that. It's pretty subjective. Right. So the thing about socialism, which, you know, is what, I mean, in my opinion, I'm, I'm against socialism. Because uh, let's put it like this. Okay, let's say we all start the same. Let's say you have $5 and I have $5. Mm-hmm. Now say that I, or say that you do a service for me, right? I pay you $2 to do a service for me. Mm-hmm. I now have $3 and you now have $7. Mm-hmm. Is that a problem? Mm, I mean, no. But in socialism... Well, okay, so I, I would think even most people who would call themselves socialists don't necessarily agree that that's a problem. Sure. Now, if I pay you to do a service that costs $4, I now have $1, you now have $9. Is that a problem? Almost. See, so the question becomes, where do you draw the line? Right. right. And why is it a problem? If I've paid you, if I've made the conscientious decision... To, yeah. To pay you for your services, and you've gone out of your way, and you've performed to earn that money. Mm-hmm. Capitalism says, "Thumbs up, cool. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Good job. That's your freedom." Socialism. I mean, it's obviously not that black and white, but social. Yeah. There, there is a certain limit what socialism sure. where it says, "Okay, that's that's not okay. You've gone too far." And so, you know, the thing about socialism too is. There's really only one problem it tries to solve. Well, there. Eh. Okay, I'm gonna say it. I don't. the The main problem that socialism tries to solve is someone has too much, or someone's got more than another person. Mm-hmm. When you read the writings of Karl Marx, and you know, s- socialism is like communism light. Mm-hmm. The whole thing it attempts to fix is the gap between the have and the have nots mm-hmm. which the whole philosophy behind that is someone has more than me yeah and that's not a really good philosophy to have as an individual right oh someone's got more than me right that needs to be fixed so the thing about socialism is it looks at that problem and it says okay the government's going to step in and correct that versus capitalism says okay well if there's a wealth gap you know, what opportunities are going to be created mm-hmm. in order to close that gap. Mm-hmm. Now, it's obviously not that black and dr- black and white. Yeah. You know, it's not that cut and dry because the truth is that capitalism also has its disadvantages as well. Sure. I think capitalism, you have to have morality with capitalism. Mm-hmm. Or you have to have a certain set of values as a culture with capitalism. Yeah. And I think capitalism without morality... Super uh, can, dangerous. I still don't think it's as dangerous as, ca- as socialism. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but, but I guess compared to the moral version of capitalism. Yeah, because, you know, I, I believe that we're called to take care of each other. Yeah. right. It's, it's our responsibility, especially in America. We've got resources mm-hmm. to make sure everyone's taken care of. But even in the Bible, you know, it talks about, you know, the job of the family and the job of even the church and mm-hmm. local charities is to make sure that everyone's taken care of and to apply those resources uh, it's not the government's job to make that happen. Yeah. And what happens is you have the government starting to get involved in morality mm-hmm. because there's a lack of morality. And what happens is the problem gets exponentially worse. Mm-hmm. And so examples of, sorry, going back to your original statement of what countries, I mean, mm-hmm. a prime example that 
a lot of socialists don't like to look to is Venezuela, for example, right now. Mm-hmm. We have friends from Venezuela who tell us about how horrible it's become. Right. Um, you look on the news and you see how horrible of an economy it's become. And people think, oh, you know, you're just talking economy. It's just about the money. You guys are just talking about money. It's like, mm-hmm. no, the economy represents your livelihood. You know, if the economy is doing bad, you can't put food on the table for your family. Mm-hmm. I mean, economy is a big deal. And, you know, I think socialism is just the wrong approach to try to fix a problem. First of all, it's in the heart. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, you know, we as free people, we have an obligation to right. ourselves, not to our government, right. not to the law, to take care of each other, right. which I think we would do. I think we naturally would do. Um, but what happens is you start getting the government involved and you start getting, right now you see there's you see there's starting to become a class war, right? You hear yeah. a lot, especially from young people. The millionaires and the billionaires. You the know, one the, percenters. The one percenters. You start drawing this line and you start criminalizing success. Yeah. What a lot of people don't understand is, okay, let's talk about the 1%. The majority of them are age 60 and above. Mm-hmm. So they've worked for at least 40, 50 years in the workplace. Right. They've been saving all their their life's work. You know, They've mm-hmm. put in the savings they've invested. And after 50 years of saving and investing, yeah, they're going to have a lot more than you if you're 20 years yeah. old. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's true. See, so is that a problem? Right. Right. Socialism says, yes, that's a yeah. problem. Now, if I was on the other end, you know, if I'm, I'm like, dude, I've worked my whole life. Yeah. This is my life savings, and why are you entitled to it? Right. That word entitlement comes up. So what happens is now that there's a line drawn on the sand, well, forget you. That's how your generation believes. I'm not going to help you guys. Yeah. You guys are against me. So now all of a sudden there's this line drawn right. on the sand, which creates further problems. Right. So, uh, yeah, social socialism tries to basically is an approach to close that wealth gap. So, going back to part of what you talked about was um, you talked a lot about like kind of like the individual side of things, and with with communism, or sorry, communism. Sorry, that's where I was going to lead to next. Uh, uh, sorry, with capitalism, there I kind of mentioned earlier. There's not as as strict of a ceiling when it comes to government regulations i mean with with a, a, a capitalist economy like nowadays you hear a lot of people asking for government regulations for certain things and and, and mm-hmm. things of that sort but with socialism there's way more of a government regulated kind of say so like you said like like a parent yeah. um and i feel like um there's there's a you know you hear it said a lot Anytime you give the government power, it's 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 less power that you're gonna have, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's less freedom. Less freedom, yeah. And t- the government's not gonna give it back, right? The government rarely gives back power once it exercises. Yeah. So with that being said, I feel like socialism can very easily trickle into communism, whereas that com- is historically the case. And communism. Now, now maybe we can break down, I guess, the difference between communism and socialism. Like you said, socialism is kind of like communism light. But I guess the basic idea behind them is 
especially now we hear a lot of, uh, I guess, and that's why a lot of people get triggered by things like free education, free healthcare, free, uh, free this, because that's kind of like the idea is like everybody should have. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, however, to get all that free stuff, more, more authority has to be given to the government, which, yeah, more than likely and historically, like we're saying, ends up very bad. Yeah. So, you know, how does socialism lead to communism? What's mm-hmm. the difference? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if I had to describe the difference, think of Coke versus Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of similar. So. Socialism represents government control of the economy, mm-hmm. right, of finances, of money, of resources. But the way that just the world works and the way that a, a society works is whoever controls the resources yeah. controls the culture. They control most things. So while socialism is government control of the economy, communism is government control of everything. Everything. So your rights, which economy and rights are tied a lot together. Right. Control of religion, control of philosophy, control of belief, control of education. So the reason why socialism always leads to communism is because once you give control of the resources Mm -hmm. to the government, that's that's the power. You control everything else, right. Yeah. So now it becomes, okay, well, now the government controls the resources. Well, now if you don't abide by this government Mm -hmm. rule or this government philosophy, well, you don't get resources. Mm -hmm. You don't get to trade. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't get to participate in the market. And so... Right. And that's how it leads to communism. And you've been to a communist country, communist countries. Maybe just one communist country. And, um, and I mean, I know I've never been to different places like that, but I know I've, I, I worked... Um, my last job, we did a lot of... I, I think we, we had a contract with... with, um, with a far eastern country, and um, my boss was telling me how, or no, it was a couple of the engineers. Some, some, somehow they were they were saying about how um, the 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 police of this country would actually kind of go around and past eight p.m. Maybe um, they would start, and this was pre-COVID. Like this was like you know last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they would like shine lasers at the windows. And stuff if they saw that you were still kind of up and about and like doing your things, you know. Yeah. And uh, and that's kind of yeah. I heard another story of of one of my bosses. She she, she was obviously super American, and they knew she was American. And for whatever reason, I I don't think she ever figured out why, but just police literally just broke down her door and like I don't know if she was detained for and like in her hotel room. I don't know if she was, like, detained for a little bit or arrested, but, like, she never figured out why or what happened. She was just this, you know, American woman there on business, and, you know, police start yelling at her in a language she didn't understand, and boom, break in the door, and um, and I think that's kind of where, and and this can, a lot of people can listen to this and be like, well, that's just a slippery slope argument, like, you know, it's, but, you know, it, it, people are people and people are imperfect the more power you give the more there people are going to try to take especially in a government fashion especially yeah. in a government that like we're saying controls would control the economy would control the health care would control everything it's it's yeah. um they can tell you when to go to bed they can tell you when or when uh when not to roam the streets or 
uh, this and that. Yeah. And they can punish you however they see fit. Mm-hmm. Right in another country, if a no police justice. officer is upset with you, a lot of countries they can just shoot and kill you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. There's no court case. There's no protest because people who are going to protest are going to be murdered as well. <laughs> I think I think it's hard for us is people from the United States because we live in such a unique situation where, mm-hmm. I mean, even though people complain seriously, America is one of the best places, if not yeah. the best place to live now or ever in history. Right. And we've never really experienced what it really looks like to have our freedom taken away. Mm -hmm. I think you'd see a lot of perspectives change, people who experience that. Yeah, it's it's like you said, you know, once one entity gets power, power tends to corrupt. Mm -hmm. It's human nature. Right. That's the beauty about a republic is it spreads the power and it protects the spread of power across everyone. Um, But yeah, so... Yeah, I, I I guess that's my opinion of socialism. Yeah. You know, capitalism requires a lot more responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, if your financial situation isn't good, capitalism says, all right, you got to step up. Yeah. You got to hustle harder. You got to get smarter. You got to mm-hmm. figure out, you know, there's opportunity. You got to find it. Right. Socialism says, oh, there's, you're not doing well. Okay, well, then here, the government's either going to come and help you. Right. So I think we talked about this in a previous episode, freedom versus responsibility. Right. The government's going to take responsibility for your situation, which also means they're going to take your freedom. Mm-hmm. Go hand in hand. Or the government's going to make the guy who's successful or who has more resources is going to force him to give you more. Right. Which then is going to create a line in the sand right. between the haves and the have-nots. Well, so as we kind of, um, you know, I guess we can kind of wrap up here, but I think what would be good is maybe we can we can um kind of just give a little i want to say life lesson or or kind of like the lesson behind but behind each of these philosophies and we've kind of variously touched on them mm-hmm. um but but I feel like that's what people don't understand is is um you know living in a in a capitalist country um where it's you've always heard if you want something go get it you know, we have always we talked about this before. Um, the classic stories of people who come here, and and who go through the right channels and 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 get educated and and do all, all these things that they need to do to put themselves in the position to succeed, and they succeed and they become very wealthy, prosperous people. And and the they American came from, dream, yeah, from rags to riches, right? Yes. And I feel like, um, you know, I'm coaching I'm coaching football right now, and and one thing that I'm trying to teach these young men is, um, you know, if 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 you want something, it's going to cost you, you know, it's going to, you're going to have to sacrifice. It's not going to just be given to you, yeah. you know, and, and, and even though we might be talking about specific plays or specific football situations, um, you know, that, that's why I love the sport of football personally, because you can, it teaches you a lot about, about life. You know, if you, there's somebody opposing you from getting to your goal, there's things that are in your way and you have to work to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just yesterday, we spent all day on our football field. Um, the kids were hauling around buckets of dirt, filling up holes um, in their field because it's yeah. just you know gophers and and this and that and and it, you know we had a minute with them just teaching them like hey this is what you got to do you got to take care of your stuff you got to take care of your things I know you didn't make the holes in the ground but 
you know, you you if you want something nice, you gotta you gotta go get it. Nobody's gonna come out here and 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 do it for you per se. And and um, I feel like that's that's one big thing that that why the American dream is the American dream because we have these capitalist ideas and and foundations really that encourage people to go out and get it and to like yeah maybe not everybody might not start at the same level some people are given more than others and while i realize that that's not necessarily fair quote unquote um it's how amazing it is that you live we live in a place where you can go from rags to riches in one generation yep you can go from having not knowing your parents to providing your kids with the best life that you possibly can in in one generation yeah um whereas it's kind of like some some socialist ideas while they sound good you know they do and history has proven they they will produce a, an environment that is counterproductive to this idea of 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 hard work and and even like kind of like i feel like uh pride like not in a like a negative like prideful you know negative connotation but like a a, a, a being proud of a good day's proud of a good day's work and, and proud of 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 who you are and what you represent and um and things of that nature yeah you know what what do you think you're you're kind of the real reason why you support capitalism and and uh you know not necessarily i don't want to say uh, but yeah why why you know talking about because people just read these things and and especially these last months leading up to the election, they've read about certain candidates and, and certain views, and they might not have even understood what socialism means or what it could lead to. Yeah. What's your take on it? Sorry, I know I, said, I just went uh, on a rant. No, that's, I'm learning. Um, so why do I favor capitalism over socialism, essentially? Yeah, like the philosophy behind it. What do you think yeah. that pro- each produces? Yeah. Well, I think capitalism uh, tends to produce the best case scenario for everyone, right? Even if you don't want to work or even if you don't want to be productive, still living in a capitalist society will still give you the highest standard of living. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, just the idea of freedom, you know, freedom, I mean, that's the way that God governs it's the way that god designed it is wow. he designed us to be free yeah and uh i just believe that the more free you are you know the better your situation is going to be and the better of a place you can make the world yeah you know capitalism gives you the opportunity to leave your mark on the world and to change it and to impact it mm-hmm. and that's why you see in capitalistic societies especially in the u.s you know especially historically is you've seen some of the greatest technological, scientific, and economic advancements come from the U.S. Mm -hmm. Even today, we continue to be a leader on the world platform and innovation and quality. Uh, But the thing is that, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's capitalism or socialism, it's not going to fix problems with the culture. Mm -hmm. You know, if your culture is broken, capitalism isn't going to fix it. Right. And so, you know, like you're talking about we were talking about earlier this this kind of war against the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. You know, capitalism, I believe, creates the best platform to fix that problem. 
But the thing you have to understand is that, you know, someone who has more than you is not your enemy. Right? Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Right. Massive billionaire. Multi-billionaire. He's not your enemy. Well, let's talk about, okay, let's talk about why Jeff Bezos is a billionaire. I was having this conversation with someone, and they were like, screw that guy. You know, he's got too much money. It's people like him that really make the world suck. I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, okay. $187.8 billion is his net worth. So what people don't understand is that doesn't mean that he has $187 billion in his account, Mm -hmm. in his bank account. What that means is if he were to sell Amazon today, that combined with, you know, his properties and everything he owns. But Amazon would obviously be the biggest, would be the elephant in that thing. If he were to sell everything he has, he can make that much money. Mm Mm-hmm. So what people don't understand is that most of his worth is actually in Amazon, which is a company. So, you know, this guy I was having a conversation with, he's like, yeah, Jeff Bezos, you know, he's making America worse. You know, he's making it harder for all of us. I'm like, well, how many products do you buy on Amazon? He buys most of his stuff on Amazon. I said, mm. why? Because <laughs> it's cheaper? Yeah. Because it's more efficient. So what Amazon has done is they've helped millions and millions of people Save money, right, by finding the lowest prices. You know, they've provided variety, right? You're going to find a lot more variety and choice right. of products than if you go into a local store. I personally am a local store guy. I still go to local businesses before I go to Amazon just because I like to support the little guy. Mm-hmm. But what he's done is he's made it so you don't even have to leave your house. No, yeah. And he's probably saved most people thousands of dollars on purchases that mm-hmm. they buy. Mm-hmm. He's covered the tab for shipping on mm-hmm. a lot of them. And he's made most people's lives better. Yeah. And that's kind of how capitalism works is if you make people's lives better, you tend to get more resources. Right. Right. So he, he's contributed, you know, to this guy's life. This guy's complaining about him. Like, he's made your life way better, man. Right. He's given you access to things that you would have never had access to. He's mm-hmm. gotten you to save money that you could save to invest in other things. Like, he's really made your life easier. And um, not him, his company, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I would I would argue that he has done a great service mm-hmm. to society. Right. You know, he's made things easier for people. I mean, imagine, especially during the pandemic, mm-hmm. imagine single parents with kids, or just families with kids in general. Right. If they didn't have Amazon, you know, having to buy things or go right. out, you know, during COVID, being scared to go out. Think how many FedEx and UPS workers with jobs that he's probably increased. Yeah. So also jobs. Think of how many jobs he's created, how many businesses who wouldn't have had the opportunity to sell their product. They now have a platform where they can sell their product. Mm -hmm. See, all that's all capital. That's a very capitalistic idea. Mm -hmm. And so people think Jeff Bezos is the enemy. I'm like, he's made life better for hundreds of millions of people. What are you talking about? Right. And the reason he's worth so much is because he's contributed so much. Mm-hmm. Right, that's typically how capitalism works. The more you contribute, whether it's time, money, energy, effort, typically the more you get back. It, it's a risk. Right. You know? right, right. And so, but once again, a culture that starts drawing lines in the sand that, you know, first of all, that that makes success, like pun- that punishes mm-hmm. success, mm-hmm. well, that's already a recipe for disaster right, right there. You know, if you have a culture that's looking at the successful and being like, they're the enemy. No, what you need to do is you need to pull out your notepad and take notes. Mm-hmm. 
You need to learn to celebrate success. Right. And ask, how can I do that too? Mm-hmm. But you got to understand we're all in this together. You know, and it's okay if someone has more than you. The thing is that when we as a culture, when we stop drawing these lines in the sand, right. saying they're the enemy, they're the enemy, they're the enemy, we come together. You know, capitalism is going to work a lot better for everyone. Mm-hmm. You're going to find that the people who are in the most need, especially the disenfranchised, you know, the poor, the those who can't work, right, the disabled, those who come from situations where, you know, they just don't have the, the resources or the opportunities to succeed as much as others right. do. When we realize that we're all on the same team, right, and that we're all together in this and we're all free and we have the freedom to choose, that's going to be the best case scenario. But sure. Think about socialism. Is socialism is a philosophy where the government's got to come in and fix the culture. Mm-hmm. And that's always disaster because yeah. if the culture's broken, the government's never going to fix it. The government's not equipped to do that. Right. And so I think capitalism's wins. Anytime, any day. Yeah. But you got to have morality. And, you know, if your culture's broken, capitalism's not going to work as good. Mm. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Well, I feel smarter. <laughs> yeah, and republic. Republics are a lot cooler than, Democrat, than democracies. <laughs> Rad. Well, anything else? Any other uh, little Justin brain nuggets? You want to throw in? Brain nuggets. <laughs> um, Cereal coming soon. <laughs> Jesus is already working on the branding. Yeah. Oh, no, I think that's it. Any good news? Do we have good news? I'm sure we do. We've got, uh, we have a friend who's getting married. That's where we're going now. Yeah, Not to the wedding, go. to the bachelor party. <laughs> we're actually going to go celebrate him. We're going to go have some fun in Anaheim. And, uh, Good, shoot some guns and yeah, do some flight simulations and barbecue and just have a good time. Yeah, our friend Juan, so we're pumped for him. But uh, hey, thanks for tuning in today. Hope this was exciting. Hope you learned something new. Hope we inspired you. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, or Amazon, or Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, make sure you hit that subscribe. Make sure you hit that like. Please rate us five stars. If you don't want to rate us five stars. Please do. I will convince you. I'll <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Hey, just make sure you rate. Make sure you subscribe. YouTube. Um, you know, all the platforms. And, you know, we're excited to hear from you. If you have any questions, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, on our YouTube. And we'd love to answer your questions. If you guys have ideas for episodes, we'd love to hear them. We'd just love to interact with you. So, it's been, it's been real. It's been fun. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace.